All right. Okay, we are live. Well, welcome to another episode of Creating Connections with Magda. Today, I've got Brian on here who, who does a lot in his life. And, and we met, oddly enough, on St. Paddy's of like two years ago. Um, but he's got oh. a pretty cool... Yeah, right. Two years now. Um, he's got a pretty cool story and I want to get him on here because there's there's a lot that he could bring to this episode. So thank you so much for being here, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so so I know uh, this episode is about what you wanted to be when you were older, but when I had asked you some questions in the emails um, before, I was talking about where you're at. you're from originally, uh, where your parents were from, and I kind of want to highlight that first um, because you did answer that you were born in Mexico City. Yes. When, when did yeah, you make so, I'm sorry, what was that? When did you make that move? So we, I guess, you know, my mind gets a little pussy, but we moved here when I was a kid. I was like six years old, but yeah, I was born in Mexico. I just have a lot of great memories from Mexico. So yeah, I actually just recently uh, connected with my grandpa from Mexico because I didn't really know him until like, you know, literally last night I met him for the first time, technically, which is really crazy, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you're reconnecting. I know five is really young. Like, I honestly don't remember much about what my life was like when I was one to five. Um, yeah. But, like, pictures. Pictures mm -hmm. would help, you know? Because I was like, oh, yeah, I did like Powderpuff Girls. Or, oh, yeah, I did have a poodle. <laughs> I have, like, this, like, weird time lapse where I was just like, oh, yeah, like, at one point, I just uh like everything in mexico just kind of melted all into like one year yeah right <laughs> like one specific thing that happened and that's what, how we remember our lives um but so i, I do like highlighting that because i i think that's going to play a big part of this episode um because i i want to talk about what you're currently doing and how that conversation that relationship has gone with your parents who were also born in mexico correct Yes, yes. Oh, cool, cool. When did, uh, so when you guys came to the United States, what was, what was the initial pull? Was it um, family? So when we came, like, because we had always been in and out, right? Uh, we lived in Juarez at one point, and we were always, like, uh, in Texas, back and forth, back and forth, right? So the transition wasn't too, too hard because, you know, we were so used to going on road trips. So one day my dad was like, oh, let's go to California. And then, like, uh, we always come back and so on and so forth, right? Um and but when we were moving it was at a really weird time because it was around it was early 2000s mm -hmm. and then it was like 2001 was like my first year in school here yeah and that's when like 9 11 happened so it was like a very weird time to come in it was it was definitely yeah 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 it's 2001 for sure especially because like that that happening 9 11 happening is very related not to our culture or society but it's like very much like a an American thing, right? Like you had to yeah. go for some time to understand how impactful that was to the community and to, to the world or not the world, but uh, the country. Right. Um, so, yeah. so when you moved here, um, you, you obviously were enrolled. So what, what grade was that when you were in sixth grade? Is that first? I was third grade. That was third grade. So that's why, like, I remember, like, I was kind of like pinpoint to that because that day was just, it, like I said, like, I didn't know anything about America really. Yeah. So that was it just that's kind of like a vivid memory that I have is like I was in third grade I was you know my teacher and everything else so I didn't know very well how I came in the story behind yeah. yeah yeah that's that's crazy um and third grade is pretty young right uh yeah. so, so when were you finally asked that question of like when did you start thinking um and I don't know if maybe like it started when you guys moved here or when someone asked the question but 
given, you know, the background of your parents, I don't know if they came here for more opportunity for you, for whatever siblings you have. Um, but what jump started that thinking of like, what do I want to do when I'm older? So <clears throat> when I was in school, right. Um, at an early age, for some reason, I was just like, uh, I come from a long line of chefs. So I was like, hmm, like, I might want to be a chef or I might be a graphic designer. And those were like the only two options I ever really considered, right? Where did, and Where did graphic well, design come from? I feel like graphic designer is so different than chefs. So like long line of chefs, but where did the graphic designer idea come from? Um, so back, uh, I have like a very vivid memory of logos, right? So when I, when I like, I was a kid and I was just like, I would always just like, like logos for some reason, right? <laughs> and like, especially like back in the day, like I remember driving through the roads and when you're a kid, your perspective is only like out the window for a little bit. So you're only kind of looking up, right? So I saw all these logos and like, I remember so many of them. Then I'm like, okay, like something with design, you know? And then that eventually just kind of solidified the ideas like, okay, graphic design, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so that's how that came about. So when you had to pick between either or, which one did you start experimenting more with? Um, well, because, you know, a lot of people in my family come from, uh, you know, the culinary industry. Uh, I was just kind of like, okay, let me do something a little bit different. Plus, I always knew that, um, you know, once you make something your job, it stops being your hobby kind of thing. So food for me was always a big deal. And I was just like, okay, you know, like, I'll just, I'll just leave it as a hobby. Like, I'll just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was like on like sixth grade or so. I remember when we started taking those like career tests. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's actually how it came about. Like I finally found out like graphic design because it was one of those like career tests. The, the slice of that pie was, fell on, on uh, graphic design. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Remember those. I've talked to some people about those on here and I'm just like, I forgot about those. Like those made me feel like this is your path and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> You're told what to do. Go do it. I think that's what it was. I think, you know, maybe like, I'm so glad that sometimes I just did what like I was told to do because I think it was one of those things like, okay, these are your two options. Go for it. <laughs> well, that's it. Don't, don't look back. A very um, mentality. <laughs> yeah. So when you were pursuing graphic design, um, what was the relationship like with your parents? Were they like, oh, mijo, why do you want to do that? Or like, yeah. So at first, um, you know, when your parents view it, they, they kind of just kind of want to, you know, get a job type, type of thing, right? Uh, and my parents were very supportive of, like, whatever I did, especially, like, in my high school years, right? It wasn't until, like, a little bit after high school where I was doing, like, a lot of free design work. I was staying up all night just, like, learning Photoshop and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. Just thinking that, like, this is a right step. And my dad would always be like, oh, like, why, are you, like, why aren't you charging for your jobs and stuff like that, right? And so there was a, there was like a little period where my dad just wanted me to kind of get a job. Mm. And so that was kind of like a little bit of a negative, but uh, my mom and, you know, my, yeah, my, they were both supportive at the end of the day. But, yeah. right. but there was still some pressure. Um, yeah. Find something yeah. stable, find something that, you know, they probably knew more of. Cause I'm, I'm assuming, did they understand much of graphic design? Did they understand that like that could be something that you can grow into or were they kind of like, I don't know where the money lies in that? Yeah. Yeah. At first thought, uh, you know, my, like I said, my mom was very supportive. So she would always be like, Oh, what do you need? This and that. Uh, and then my, my dad too, it wasn't until later that he, he started me seeing like, he started seeing the, the, the opportunity that I kind of created for myself. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like, this is awesome. Like, okay. Let me know a little bit more about it. But yeah. 
Yeah. And so where were you finding those opportunities? What were you doing to expand your knowledge other than, you know, looking at Photoshop, were you like, um, finding YouTubers, finding people that were like your friends that were like-minded, what kind of support did you find other than that household? Um, so it wasn't like during school, I'd always do like a sort, sort of like side jobs. Um, okay. And that's really kind of when, it, when I first started getting into graphic design and then I started taking a course in graphic design. And then that's kind of when I started getting a little bit more into like the creative, like creative field of friends, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I started having more, more friends that were uh, a little bit more towards that side of the, the spectrum. But um, yeah, it wasn't until like college that I really started familiarizing myself with, with more people that were like, oh, you should apply here or you should do this or you should do that. And because where I went to school, graphic design wasn't like a, a big thing, you know, but okay. it wasn't until later, everybody's like, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that or you should be reading this book and so on and so forth. And that's kind of- Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's backtrack and let's talk about that school experience. So where did you end up going and what did you end up pursuing as a major? Yeah. All right. So now we're moving on to college. So yeah, college, uh, <clears throat> I was kind of, that was, that was fun for sure. Um, I was doing dual enrollment. Um, you know, I think I took it like a semester off and then I did dual enrollment and I did some classes at Harold Washington community college and then some, uh, some shops at, um, uh, SAIC. And that was really fun. <laughs> and till this day, you know what? So because I did so much work, like in, in high school, mm-hmm. uh, when I went to school, I was like, man, like I already know all this stuff, right? Like, why do I need to pay for all these, for all these classes? Yeah. So I had like a bad stigma towards school um, at the time because I was paying out of my pocket for all these things that I already knew. So that's really when like everything kind of changed for me education wise, because I started relying more on YouTube videos than it was on my professors. I um, think that was, yeah. Okay. Yes, for sure. So you, were you pursuing, was it graphic design? Was that the major that you uh, enrolled in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So of course, like you said, you already had all this experience coming from the opportunities that you're creating for yourself before school. Um, so what did, what did you do, I guess, when it came to, you know, still staying in school? Did you stay in school? Did you leave? Did you, um, Tell your parents how you were feeling. How was that going? Um, <clears throat> so, I'm sorry, one more time. On. One, one question I think I want to backtrack to is, okay, so you started to see school as like a, I can do it myself type thing, right? Um, what benefit is it really providing me? Did, how, what did your parents, how did your parents view school? Was it like a mandatory thing for them? Um, would they be disappointed if you leave? No, um, it, it had, my dad would like, my dad and my mom, they were very supportive of education, right? But we didn't have the means to like, my, my, like my, if my dad could, he would be like, oh yeah, I'll pay for your school, right? But that wasn't the case. Okay. My dad was kind of like, you know, I tried putting your sister through college and, you know, it's, it's a lot. We had, you know, there's, there's three of us. So it's kind of like after high school, I, you know, you're pretty much on your own type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so they they were definitely supportive of that, um, but because I like I had to uh, I couldn't pay for certain classes, so I had to educate myself in another way, and that's kind of when like YouTube was barely coming up and stuff like that. Okay, okay, so that's good to know. So then, like, what did what did you do with school then? That that kind of goes back to my other question. Now knowing that like your parents aren't you know putting too much pressure because they're not paying for it what did you decide did you stay in class or did you just decide to pave your own path so 
Um, I, I, while I was paying for school, um, I got a, like, I was building my portfolio and stuff like that. Again, I, I had previous work from like back in high school until, until college. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I got offered a job in my field, which, you know, if you're paying for school, it's almost like a no brainer. And yeah. till this day, like, I always kind of like wonder like, oh damn, like, should I go back? And I've been trying, you know, you always think about it going back, but now it's like in the field that I'm in, um, you know, um, it's not necessarily about the degree anymore. It really isn't. Um, you know, like my girlfriend, she has she has her degree, and it took her two years to find a job after after college. So that yeah. struggle is real. Like having a degree, but no line, no job lined up, and then you still have that. I mean, it's yeah, pretty, yeah. I I definitely think that school is falling short in the fact that like if you don't have that experience in between, people are gonna turn an eye to you. You know, so I feel like school needs to provide more opportunities to do things on your own, right? Whether it's internships, clubs, whatever, um, or maybe even taking your credit from watching YouTube videos, that would help them, right? Um, but what did you, uh, how did you, what, what, what kind of gig, what kind of job did you get that you were offered? I'm fascinated to hear what it was. Yeah, so um, one of the, I used, uh, in Berwyn, there's this one, uh, there's this one, uh, uh, is a auto parts place. It's called uh, what is it? So, uh, yeah, Solomon, right? And they sell like all alternative uh, alternators and starters, right? And then my brother, he knew one of his like uh, classmates. She, they kind of knew each other, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my brother does graphic design," and he's like, "Oh well, my dad needs you know a logo, so on and so forth." So because of that gig, wherever um, where he got the the stuff printed. It was um, my current boss's shop, right? So he's like, he's like, oh, who did this design? He's like, oh, this guy, brother, right? So then um, it wasn't maybe like a maybe like two months later, he calls me up. He's like, hey, uh, he's like, I got your number from this guy. He's like, do you mind sending me your portfolio? And at the time, my portfolio was stacked, right? Like it was like when you're in school, you're like, you have all your everything's labeled and everything, yeah. right? <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, I sent him my portfolio and luckily I had uh, a few decent clients at the time and he's like, all right, he's like, you know, you look like, you know what you're doing, come over. So yeah, that's so how it was like I started. was a full-time position or? Yeah, yeah. So um, he's like, hey, like, uh, he's like, I'll try to be flexible with the hours. Uh, he's like, but in reality, like I'm looking for a full-time position. Oh, he's wow. like, yeah, he's like, uh, you know, just come in and then we'll take it from there. And that's how it kind of evolved. Yeah. How, how did you feel at the time? I mean, were you kind of like, no brainer, I'm leaving school or were you kind of nervous? Um, I was, uh, I was excited. I was definitely nervous. Like I, I, when you get nervous, when you're first starting a, a new career or whatever, like you take your job home, like it's in your mind, right? Like you don't want to mess up so bad and you like, you can't really sleep well. Right? right. So I was excited, but, um, I knew that, you know, I had to, I had to, you know, deliver, I had to design. Right. Yeah. So like, they'll get me like these small as these small jobs with like a business card and like, I'll try to do my hardest. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, also I had gotten like, um, previous job offers before. Uh, like I remember there, there was this one thing, uh, this one place called the uh, Peerless and Brewery and they do this stuff for like, uh, the hot, they do the embroidery and design for, uh, Hawks, Bulls and like a bunch of like, uh, major league baseball teams right they do like north face and stuff like that oh, okay. um yeah so it was pretty cool but 
at that job, it was more like a, a like a competition to see an internship, really. Mm. Um, yeah, and I didn't get that job, so I was kind of like a, a, a little bit more realistic coming into the new job. It's like, okay, I could be let go. So yeah, right, you could be let go at any point. Um, but you had that portfolio that you've been building on, which is, I think, something that anyone can take away from this episode is just to continuously build your craft on the side so you can be ready when an opportunity is there. Um, and that's, that's awesome that you were able to, to start right away. Um, now you're doing so much, uh, with mix masters with, I don't know if you're still doing your graphic design. What, what are you up to now? And how did you get to, after that job, what, what led you to what you're doing now? Cause I feel like you're doing a lot now. So it, it's almost like I mean, when I was an employee, like uh, I'm still, I am an employee, I guess, but, um, you can always plan, 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 right? Um, so right now, I feel like I'm starting from zero again, right? Uh, because I'm starting these few new ventures, which is uh, the Mix Masters and my uh, design consultancy, right? Uh, but I feel like I'm starting from zero again, right? Okay. So now, um, you know, life kind of repeats itself, right? So I'm back to square one right i'm back to square one so i get to reflect back and see like oh what i do wrong this time like that i overworked that i not you know was i not like meditating or whatever not exercising whatever right so i get to like look back and see what i neglected and this time around fix those mistakes right so i i feel like that's kind of i'm back to square one yeah yeah and so what what is this new square one what's what's your um you said you have a design agency so is this something that came from like being you know, doing graphic design and being like, you know what, I want to own my own agency that I can employ people that do what I used to do? Um, yes. Um, I feel that, you know, when, when, when you're a, a graphic designer or whatever job that you do, you're working as a technician, right? So okay. what a lot of people uh, think is that when you're a technician, like let's say if I just knew how to design, um, then I could do a business off of that, right? But I'd always worked in small businesses and I paid more attention to the business itself than the actual job. Right. Okay. So I think that's kind of like what gave me the ability to say, Oh, you know what I could do. I could open up a business, whatever business it is, is there's a fundamental structure that I kind of like consume from working in small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And so starting, starting a new business is scary um, to think about, but and, and you're, it sounds like you're taking it well, you know, realizing that it's square one, but you're going to continue working towards it. Um, how, how are you going to continue building this agency? Like, what are some tools, some things that you um, are working on? Because I feel like people are going to listen and be like, oh, I want to start something too. But like, how? Oh, with anything. First is build, getting the right people. Like mm -hmm. building the team is, is, it's essential, right? And once you have the right people, then you want to focus on culture, right? Like what type of culture do you want to have, right? Uh, because it goes a long way. Like they, a company is an identity, right? That's what it is. So um, however you, you bring that up, and if you bring it up with disorganized, you know, uh, um, kind of like a money hungry culture, then it's right. going to develop into that, right? right? So right now I just got the team. Um, I, you know, I, we got, you know, we've had a few meetings, we kind of discuss where our, our targets are at. And as long as our mission is aligned, which is 
huge. Uh, I feel like that if you're working with people that aren't necessarily in the same type of mission, then that relationship will eventually go sour. But yeah, just make sure that square one, you build your, your team and yeah. your culture. And your culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think even before that, kind of how you mentioned the mission, right? The mission statement, what you want to be about, what you want your identity to be. I think that's huge. And I think that's the reason why um, people, anyone can, anyone can start their own thing, right? Like everyone's identity is very different and the community that you want to build around that identity um, can, can be something that anyone can do. I think people see things sometimes and think like, oh, well, I'm not enough or I can't start my own or whatever because so many exist already, so many graphic mm -hmm. design agencies or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, all of them are going to have their niche, their community, their identity, um, and then you, you have your customers, right, your particular people. And, and that's awesome that you're, you've gotten to this point. Um, how, do, how do your parents feel about your, your dream now? Do they get it? Do they, are they on board? Are they kind of like, oh, I, I understand all that? Oh, man, my dad, he's super proud of me. Super really? proud of me. Oh. Mom, super proud of me, yeah. Um, uh, they just, you know, they, um, they just see that I, I, I kind of set my ways and they let me go. You know, yeah. so just kind of like if I make a mistake, I could always come back and cry to them, right? Yeah. But since they kind of see it like, man, he's doing good, he's doing something that he enjoys, um, he's making a little bit of money, he's investing this and that, so they're right. just kind of like happy that like I don't have to worry about him. He, you know, he's good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and and what what is Mix Masters Try? I do want to talk about that on here for people that are listening. Yeah, so uh, back in 2017, uh, my brother, uh, you know, he called us over. He's like, he called me and my buddy Edson over, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, I kind of have a few ideas for a business, right? And he uh, he said a few of them. Well, he said two. He said like a t-shirt vending machine, which is, you know, it's an okay. amazing idea, right? And then uh, he said uh, uh, mix masters, right? Uh, cocktail delivery service. So yeah, that's that's how it started. That's how it started. My brother, you know, he just, he has that type of uh, uh, charisma that he just, you know, he's almost, he's, he's a leader. So he's like, whatever, if he says, if he would have told me, he's like, I want to make shoes, me and my, me and my buddy would have been like, we got your back. Let's go. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So for anyone that's in, in the Chicago area, how far away do you guys deliver? So it's, yeah, it's a 20 mile radius from um, River North. So okay. it's pretty much all Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a cocktail, yeah, it's a cocktail delivery service and it, man, you guys got to try this in Europe. It's for sure. One of my favorites. In Sangria? You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I haven't hopped on it yet. I need to, um, but for I gotta send you one. that's why. Cause you what? I got to send you one. I got to oh. send you a gallon. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So anyone listening, uh, feel free to check out mix masters, chai, C H I on Instagram, right? Yes. That's the handle. Okay, cool, cool. Um, to, to get some, some cocktails by the gallon. Um, but that's, that's amazing. And that's great that you have a brother too. That's also like as ambitious as you, and I'm sure you guys help each other out a lot. Right. So like, I feel like you help him with mix masters and he's probably going to help you with your agency in terms of figuring out the ropes and how to build that community. Um, and, and I'm glad that, that, that your parents are like that supportive, right? Because I feel like some conversations I have, um, parents are in the picture, they're not in the picture. Uh, they don't understand, they understand. So that's all something that, I feel like you want to say something. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely agreeing with you. I mean, uh, again, like is, it's, when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was just having this conversation with my brother is, because my parents went through like a divorce, right? So I'm like, man, like when I 
I was a kid, I was just like, I was just there. Like, I just accepted life as kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. But like, when I like, you know, now looking back at it, I was like, man, yeah, I was like very like grateful that I, you know, my parents were so supportive. Like they, anything I did, like, okay, you know, go ahead, try to be the best at it. And, you know, if you're not gonna do it right, then don't do it at all kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. I, I remember you do mention the divorce in, in our emails. Um, which I think sometimes can can do two things to a child, right? It can leave them traumatized or it can help them if it was a healthy divorce. Uh, so it all depends. But that's that's great that you guys were able to still have that relationship. Um, so so one thing I do like to uh, highlight is how, how what is like something that you have felt throughout this process like that has hindered you? Has it been like a confidence thing? Have you thought about like, what if this doesn't work? What, like, what do you do in those moments? Um, because I feel like someone starting a business is gonna go through some hiccups. And so what is the biggest thing that has helped you get out of those hiccups? Um, honestly, is turning every loss into a lesson, really. Okay. Um, I feel that like people don't, they don't follow you because they expect you to have everything right. They just follow you because you have a purpose, right? So I feel that if you are starting a business, do it knowing why you're starting a business, right? I feel like as long as you have that clear in your mind, then everything else kind of falls into place, right? And every time you hit, you know, a bump in the road, you acknowledge it, why you did, why that happened and try to correct it. Right. So the name of the game is like make enough mistakes to learn from them, but not enough to like knock you out. Right. So I feel that no matter what you do, you're not going to be perfect at it. Like you only get better with time and people appreciate raw personalities versus perfectly polished personalities. Yeah. Yeah. That that hits the nail on the head. That's that's it for sure, because I think a lot of people. Um, if you have that good intention to start with, right, knowing why you're doing it, then every single time you come across that hiccup, you can remind yourself like, hey, okay, it's a lesson, keep moving forward. It's not going to make you question why you're doing it long term. So that's, that's gold. Um, and, and one final question that I like to lead off uh, or end off with is what is something you wish you told your younger self? It could be about business. It could be about your parent, like anything, uh, something you wish you told uh. yourself. Man, uh, that's definitely one I have to think about. But to be honest with you, I think it would lie down into like three key pe- three pieces of advice. One, which I got from my brother, which was money is a tool, learn how to use it. Um, the second lesson would be read, read books, like read as much as you can, right? I actually just learned, um, uh, read this one book, it's called How to Read, how to read a Book, Life Changing right it's amazing so definitely read um and then lastly i would say try to stay balanced i feel that pursuing that middle path is always been something that i neglected and i was always an extremist i would always like you know whether i'm like like i could be 300 pounds and then run a freaking marathon and then from that point and then go back and forth right i was always so extreme Mm. that i wish i was a little more balanced balanced those are all really good um, and, and amazing. And I, I mean, I feel like I can dive into all of those, but 
that I like to leave it off at just that and, and the readers or the listeners, uh, the listeners can take it with however they want. Um, but, but thank you so much for sharing that, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I do like to end off my episodes with saying toodles. So if you don't mind. Toodles. toodles. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you guys next time.